0: Hello everyone and welcome to an emergency edition of the Fins Up podcast. I'm your solo host, Southo Dan. Uh, Terry won't be joining us this week. He is preparing above and beyond for next week's part two of our Shark Season Review where we'll be covering the halves, I believe. Possibly the forwards, but we'll uh, we'll decide during the week and we'll, uh, we'll tweet that out before it happens. Ah, uh, look, just before we get into the the week that was and some shark talk, I just want to spend a, send a special thank you out to good friend of the podcast, Rich Clapton, uh, for that intro song you heard before. Uh, catchy tune, very uh, very positive up on the Gold Coast right now among young footballers. Ah, uh, look, and just want to send a genuine shout out to uh, legit good friend of the podcast, Rich Ossington, whose birthday today. Uh, Rich, mate, I know you got all the riches in the world, literally, but I hope it was a great day. All the best, mate. Grand final week. We made it. It's been, you know, a long, long time. There were times where it didn't look like we'd make it. It's times where we perhaps didn't want to make it given the sharks results, but um but we are here. We've got the South Sydney Rabbitohs and the Penny Panthers. Uh, you know, this this week was all about the grand final for all of 24 hours. Ha <laughs> Look, unfortunately, young Reese Walsh has made an error that uh, you know it's it's gonna it's gonna stick with him because of idiots like me making fun down the track. But ultimately, for those who missed it, Reese Walsh had a big night with uh, out on the uh, out on the town in the, in the Gold Coast. You know, as 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 hard as it's grass, they're allowed to go out up there for the time being. Hopefully, the, what's going on gets shut down very quickly up there. And continue with somewhat normal life. Uh, those you've probably seen the videos where he uh, he looked like he'd had a, a couple of beds, You know, good on him as he's entitled to do, especially after his debut season. Uh, had a video with Toby Rudolph where Toby Rudolph attempted to sing "Sweet Caroline" and young Rishi Walsh didn't know the words nor the song. That's pretty egregious, young man. Uh, but you know, we'll, we'll move on. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't move on later on when the police asked him to do so, uh, and was then caught allegedly. I don't know what the rules are. so no, I just don't don't feel like getting sued this week. Um, Rich, help us with the lawyer, mate. He, you know, he um, he got caught with a um, a substance that's that's been he's come out and admitted that since. So um, look, uh, Reese, yeah, no, I'm not, not going to sink the boot too much. He's a young kid. He's out on his own, he's moved away from home, etc. You know, He's made a silly decision. He did come out and he did cop to it very quickly. I thought it was well handled by him and the Warriors. Some were negative that the Warriors sort of hung him out out to dry. Look, it was either that, you either get ahead of it, you say what you need to, you enroll in your drug program, you accept your punishment, uh, or it hangs over your head and becomes much bigger and will become a thing. So, look, it's done now. He sat in front of a difficult... Uh, uncomfortable press conference, but that's in the past. It's all moving forward for Recy. I don't think this will stick with him too long. But um, luckily for the young man, he was only in the headlines 24 hours as two much, much high pro- higher profile players were caught on a Snapchat recording. Um, we've all been there, but um, possibly not as... Well, again, I'm sure everyone's seen the video, and again, I don't feel like getting sued this week. But uh, the allegation is that they were enjoying a, you know, some nose bics. Let's let's say that some some bump, some rail. I uh, I googled some terms actually to try and sound hip and cool, but it's definitely not working. Um, just in, look the atrocity scale. It's right, you know, it's below middle. Put it that way. They. They harm no one but themselves. I get both sides of the argument, but clubs have issued an edict that said don't do stupid shit. And if you're going to do stupid shit, don't do it on camera where you can get caught. And unfortunately for these two and uh, Chris Lewis, who was a third player allegedly involved, he um, was was being recorded and it's out there. Now I don't want to talk about the, the ins and outs of what's what's right and what's wrong. I'll leave that for another time. It's not my uh, not my place. But um, if you don't know Chris Lewis, he um, and, and Brendan Sniff are on the uh, tackle undies. Um, and tackle undies. So I reached out for a statement and was ignored, as you would expect. But it's since come out since I, I logged off Twitter and you know checked the check the news sites that so they're coming out with a new range of undies with a coat pouch. Uh, for, he, for he and Bren and uh, Big Sniffy Smith. Yeah, it's just one of those stupid moments. We, we didn't need it. The NRL didn't need it. It's going to final week. We should be talking about football. We should be talking about Cody Walker and Nathan Cleary. Uh, we should be talking about a couple of idiots racking up on video um, and deflecting from what should be a good game of football this weekend. Uh, but I'm going to because it's really funny. Oh, I, I attempted to reach out to the Storm earlier and said uh, they, they issued a statement. That pretty much said they're taking this very seriously. It's not what they're about, etc., etc., uh, which is complete and utter bullcrap. Because um, if there's something the Storm are known for, it's uh, it's going round the rules. Now, whether it's making boats appear in front lawns or second contracts, you know, putting players in the head, telling them to get the fuck up when they're very injured, or you know, multiple other <laughs> much higher on the atrocity scale incidents. Uh, this isn't the club to be coming out and saying this isn't what we're about, especially when uh, Cam Munster, Comer Munster, um, is famously didn't sleep between the grand final and Origin one last year. He was on a uh, he was flying on a bender to end all benders, uh, and was lauded as such. Melbourne were very proud of their their youngster for um, staying up all night, numerous nights in a row. Now that he's been caught, though, it's not so funny. Um, you know, Storm have come out and said, you know, we'll deal. The NRL have come out and it looks like they're going to give two game bans and a fine of some piss-weak amount. I don't know. It'll hurt Chris Lewis more than it'll help hurt the other two. Put it that way, I, um, I really hope that's a, it's based on what they earn rather than a flat fine, so that's certainly not fair. Um, I just I, – I, I get so frustrated when players are stupid – you know, you can always get caught out. Like, big, big Nass. I can't remember if it was this year or... If it would have been last year. He was in Bali. Yes, yeah, of course it would have been last year. Can't, can't leave your house this year. Uh, I was in Bali and got into a fight. Now, you know, big, big footy player, getting on the piss in Bali, Aussie Sam, fans of other clubs, as you would be, because the storm of fucking atrocities. It probably had a go when he got into a fight. It's been filmed, he's been suspended, he's been fine, etc., etc., look, shit like that, I I can take, I I can't hack the more serious stuff that involved the women and the children, I do want to leave that alone for here, because I don't want to get up my soapbox and ruin the the fun nature of this podcast, a bit of, uh, you know, a bit of rail on the weekends between the boys, Uh, turning a blind eye is definitely not the way to go, because... You know, look, again, I don't really want to get into it, but they know they've done the wrong thing and they have to cop whatever comes to them. The Storm, if they want to send a message, need to say, you know, we're adding another two weeks on, the two-week ban, we genuinely take this seriously, even if they don't give a fuck, and there's a high percentage that they don't. I certainly wouldn't be sitting Ken Munster out for a month because he had a, you know, had a bit of the old, uh, as the French call it, le booger sugar in the off-season, but they've got sponsors and members. I know they're giving away memberships for free next year, but they're, you know, if I'm, I'm one of those footy fans, I'm, I'm rusted on, you know, like the Sharks have done some shit that I'm certainly not proud of, but I'll, I'll always go back there. They'd have to do a, a lot to turn me away. And, and the game as a whole, again, there's some absolute verminous scum playing the game, but ultimately I'm a rugby league fan hopefully until the day I do it. Now, other people aren't so much. Yeah, especially Melbourne. They're an AFL town. You know, God knows why. And we saw that shit boring game on on Saturday night. Look, oh, I enjoyed it, so I was in the company of some good people. But I mean, the game itself, outside of a fifteen minute swing, was just out of garbage. But they love it down there. They they absolutely eat that aerial ping pong crap up. And no, I actually don't really hate AFL that much. It's once again on the high horse. But Melbourne Storm are very, very, very much the 7th or 8th team down there. Every single AFL club is before them. I'm pretty sure Melbourne Victory is above them on the pecking scale, and it, maybe City might have pipped them with their premiership last, last season. Uh, look, they've got a very successful mel, um, netball program down there. They've got, you know, they're not struggling for options. And a mum and dad that are like, hey, we can either get you a Blues membership or a Storm membership, You know, the blues players weren't on film, you know, putting 20s in their nostrils and you know, this this week. So if it comes down to a decision that needs to be made, they're probably not gonna go to the Coke fiends. Uh allegedly, or or whatever. I don't don't know. I just boys, don't be dumb. Don't be dumb. If you if you're gonna do that shit, do it at uh, don't do that shit. You're professional sportsmen. You know, you're paid to keep your body at the best, and especially the amount of anti vaxxers that come out in the rugby league, you know, and say they don't want to put substances into their body. It's fucking laughable considering what some, not all, do. You know, like young Nico Hines, when the video came out, I, I prayed that he wasn't in it. Now, I would expect for a second he would be because he certainly doesn't come across as that kind of person. Uh, Nor is he in that click of those, you know, the, the Smithies and, the, you know, the Cameron But, you know, young player, last night with the boys, you know, a bit of peer pressure, something could happen. He, he was at home. You know, Ryan Pappenhausen was at home with, he, with his young fiance or, or wife or girlfriend, I can't remember exactly. But, you know, the reports came out that, you know, they were there now. This is a bad look for the storm, and I didn't really mean to pile on so much, but it's also very funny because these pricks have got a whole other now about them. Uh, Cameron Munster has that that look, even though he's been suspended, you know, for uh, Simbin rather four hundred and twelve times in the grand final holds that record, you know. But he's the sort of bloke who who knows he's Cameron Munster and he acts accordingly, and it's pretty funny to see him fuck up and get caught for once you got, you got to, you know, the frustration lies with how many times have you done this and not get caught. Again, I don't mean to get on my soapbox, but just don't be a fucking idiot. You've got 10 to 12 years of peak fitness at that level. And I mean, one injury or one, you know, slip up or you're done and you want to risk your careers and potentially $10 million in Cam Munster's, you know, the way the contracts are going up and he's probably got 10 years left in him. It's not beyond the realms of possibility. This guy's going to make a million dollars a season. That's $10 million you, you might be throwing away just, you know, to get a bit of a buzz with the boys. Like, just have a beer and put some fucking Netflix on, mate. Don't be stupid. Uh, look, anyways, you know, it just it just shows you how important players like Dale Finucane are because one day after exiting the club, you know, fucking the, the storm fall apart. You know, I've got it written here, is this the end of the storm, question mark? Undoubtedly. You know, Dal Fanoucan leaves and a Storm falls apart within 24 hours. Prove me wrong. The facts are there. Kenny Bromwich is the other captain with Dal Um Kenny Bromwich, who has himself, has a few um, runs in, run ins with the, uh, the devil, so to speak, in Canberra with uh, Sideshow Bob, who now plays for the Titans a couple of years ago, whilst, um, you know, representing his country. Again, you know, another fucking stupid moment. You know, a bloke should be representing his country, not in a back alley, you know, sniffing some – anyways. But when Kenny Bromwich is your captain and he's set an example, you can't really go young players like – especially Chris Lewis – and say, mate, you you can't do that shit. Why not? You do it. That's the kind of culture they want down there. They can fucking have that. I'll tell you now. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but Storm have blocked me on Twitter. Uh, Agreed. I'm just, I'm aggrieved. I'm a little bit disappointed uh, in myself because I didn't get the shot that I wanted in. Um, I'll log in the Outlaws in a couple of days when it all calms down, and I'll, um, I'll get my shot. Don't you worry about that. Uh, check zero tackle tomorrow too, just quietly. Uh, that could be fun. So look, that's the end of the Melbourne Storm. It's been fun. Well, not really. I've hated every minute of your dominance. I do love that you've, you've born them, your bread. Not really. You, you took Nico Hines, turned him into a superstar football, and sent him our way. And we've taken the club captain and uh, the best forward on the on the park in the preliminary final. Dalphenuken makes me very happy. Thank you. Fuck you. Bye. Uh, look. Also this week, oh the daily M's. We knew it would be fastcore. We didn't know how. Uh, look, I don't want to bag the coverage too much because their hands are tied. They couldn't do the normal gala. They broke it across two weeks. Didn't agree with that at all. Tried watching it last week, just couldn't get into it. Uh, much the same this week, but I, 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 don't like bagging things without giving it a go. Like I'm, you know, I bagged The Masked Singer in that, and you know, I, I should I should invest more time in it before I bag it. So I, I watched twenty minutes of Dalliums. I followed it on Twitter until it got close. So everyone and their dog knew Tommy Turbo would win, especially when Cody Walker. Um, you know he was suspended and he, he got docked three points. I actually forgot about that when I was doing my calculations. Uh, so look, it made it nearly impossible. Nathan Cleary simply didn't play the, enough games, and Melbourne Storm players took points off each other. Uh, look, Tur- Turbo deserved winner. We we all predicted it. There's no um, there's no surprise there. He had a wonderful season. Uh, you know I I know he, he bombed out against the good teams when it mattered most, which is. Something that he'll have to build on next season, and you know, hopefully grow, or hopefully not, because I do like seeing Melbourne uh, Manly lose rather than win. So you know, hopefully there's a preseason Corso rematch, um, and yeah, because that's really all he's got to achieve, yeah. You know. But uh, well deserved Dallium. Uh, in terms of Dallium team of the year, I thought uh, Kikau was a bit of a. Um, I will not say a shock, because it's not like he's a bad player, but I thought I thought Angus Crichton was quite easily the second-best second-rower of the year after Isaiah Papalihi, who was by far and away the best across the season. Uh, you know, Ruben Garrick got in above uh, Josh Addo Carr, which was a little bit controversial, but uh, I can't... I'm not going to bag that decision. That's certainly not a, a huge error by any stretch. The halves were picked themselves, so did the props. You know, Fisher Harris, I think he's... He's undoubtedly the best prop in the game right now until Finucane makes the change next year. Uh, Toby gets an off-season under, under Sir Fitz, uh, the great man. Uh, but overall, that is a, a very, very strong team, and, I mean, you put them up against anyone else in the world, and that's, they're going to do a very, very good job. Uh, look, Isaiah Yale, undoubtedly the best 13 in the game until Ken McKinnis arrives next year. Uh, Terry still hasn't rated him. I don't know what. The big man's problem is, but uh, he's pure class, and you know, I'd, I'd probably put him as the third best thirteen. Uh, obviously, Tamalolo is number one. You wouldn't—that's yeah, not going to change. And I, I honestly think Cam Murray, second best uh, lock in the game. I think he can change a game more than more than anyone outside of Tamalolo. So, uh, look at that, that side was very very good. Uh, Coach of the year—I think Bellamy picked it up. I, I honestly thought like Des Hazard would get it. Uh, she turned a pretty pretty bog average team. Uh, into a top four, uh, you yeah, know, they played a prelim, for fuck's sake, and that, that side, outside of Turbo and DCE, not really much there. Both starting second rowers in that prelim were playing for Blacktown earlier this year. Uh, Garrick was being shopped, and I actually thought he signed for the Dragons, but it turns out he, he turned them down, which is, oh, genius move. He's smart and incredibly handsome, and he can kick goals. Ladies, gents, line up behind me. Uh, and and Saab, you know, who was um, a moon. He was a big, tall bloke, pretty fast. Couldn't catch, couldn't tackle, couldn't stay on his wing. So you know, Desi's turned them into superstars. Uh, that centre pairing, pairing a Parker and um, Harper, is reserve grade standard, and he turned them into adequate first grade footballers. Well, I know, I'm, I'm loads of talk positively about this hazard or Manly, but I mean for mine, he was the coach of the year. Uh, rookie of the year was young Sam Walker. H- hard to argue that. Reese Walsh didn't play enough games. Uh, he heaps of other options, but um, for me, Will, Will Kennedy was, uh, he was by far and away our standout player, as Terry and I mentioned last week. Um, listening back, I think I might have undergraded. Excuse me, sorry, undergraded him actually. He was just, I oh, was so good. Oh, geez, so good. I'm so so excited next year to see what he does under uh, Sir Fitz the great man. He he finished eighth, I think, officially. Could have been 10th. They didn't really focus outside the top few, um, which, you know, it takes away the the fun of it a bit. But I I know what they were trying to do. They were trying to build suspense that was never going to be there. But, I mean, Will Kennedy, what fantastic. I think he was the the third best fullback. Points-wise, after Turby, uh, Turbo and Tedesco, um, yeah, I, I don't know who the other was. I think it might have been and he, he definitely pointed out, pointed Gutho, as, as he should. He's a fraud with a terrible haircut and can't dance. He should be recording a podcast on a Tuesday night. Um... Uh, no, I think Kennedy was it. Uh, look, the, in terms of other Sharks players, look, outside of Jesse Ramian's last six to eight weeks, we were never going to be a feature of the uh, the team of the year count. Uh, next year, I think we will. I think Ramian will be amongst the centres of the year. Uh, Kennedy will be right up there. It's, it's hard to see him and. You know, there's some fucking superstar fullbacks. Nico Hines, if he, if he can play well, might be in the reckoning. Probably not in his first season, maybe second or third in. Don't ask too much. Uh, look, there's absolutely no reason that Toby Rudolph shouldn't be within the property discussion next year. You know, he's going to have a full off season. He knows what his role is now. Uh, he's not going to be 13. He's not going to be overplayed. Fitz isn't going to make the errors that, that Josh Hannay did. So, you know, there's every reason he can be there. Uh, there's no reason the Cora can't be in the making, you know. his third or fourth season coming up. Again, another full preseason under Fitz. Howdy, great, man. You know, these players are all set to set to go up, and I, I would be shocked if one of our wingers wasn't in the discussion next year. It's very difficult for both to be there because uh, typically, you know, in your 3 2 one, you typically go a half or, or a spine player, forward and maybe an outside back and a big win. So it's, you'd have to both score four tries to be in the threes and twos. Uh, plenty of tries coming next year for our boys. So I'm, I'm going to lock Ronnie in as my early favourite for winger of the year next year. But uh, Katoa is just as capable. Maybe maybe more so. Who knows? Depends what uh, how it all goes. But, um, you know, not not a busy daily end for Sharks fans outside of young Will Kennedy. But uh, it certainly will be next year. Yeah, the, the, the gaff, though. The gaff. Jeez, we thought Peter Peter Booty was bad, but uh, Peter Vlandis, must be in the name, comes out and calls, uh, refers to Josh Alloway as Osha Allay. Osha Allay it was. I uh, can't even get me gas right. Disgusting. The guy obviously doesn't watch rugby league. He certainly didn't read what he was supposed to read out before hitting the live broadcast. Because uh, the way he said the other names wasn't much better. Now there were some difficult names in that. I will give him that. But uh, preparation, mate, preparation. Um, to be honest, so it looked like someone had just woken, you know, PVL up, willed him on stage, and said, "I read what we put on the cue cards." But uh, pretty, pretty embarrassing to be honest. He will be made fun of, and he will deservedly so. He'll, he'll brush it off. He'll. You know, it's it's not as bad as the Cronulla seagulls or the Manly seagulls, whatever it was, or Peter Beattie couldn't even tell you, who, you know, what colours Cronulla wore, or, or thought that kid wearing a Barcelona jersey was Newcastle live on Channel Seven. That was right up there. <laughs> um, it, pretty embarrassing, though, for our, our number one. Those that don't watch the other the other code, the AFL, and for good reason, um, they. Their night of nights, the uh, the brownlow is far more prestigious than the daily. And fast has become. Uh, it's an AFL award rather than a Daily Telegraph award, for one. Um, and the umpires make the decisions, the points. Now I don't hundred percent agree with that. I think the umpires should be focused purely on the game and officiating the game. They shouldn't be worried about, you know, um, delegating points. I don't. I don't know exactly how it works because I, I don't care quite enough. But you know the system we have now is broken. It sucks. It, it's it's fucking terrible, and it has been for as long as I can remember. When you got the Daily Telegraph deciding who the team of the year is based on a three-two-one, um, the fact that no Melbourne Storm players were in the top five, despite them being, you know, the the team this season. The Penriths are very good. I think they might have had five or six players in the team of the year, but you can't tell me that there were five better players for Penrith than there were for. Uh, for the storm, I would certainly say Jerome Hughes is a halfback of the year, and I don't even think it's particularly close. I think DC was good at times, but he was also very average. Hughes was very good almost every week. Uh, I I still I'm still in the, the the one to ten. I I think you get you three judges to vote. You know, watch the game. Uh, two of them live, and one watching on the on the telecast. All three of them live. Whatever whatever works. But I I would split it. Give each player a rating out of ten. Submit it and average the scores out, and that's what officially goes in. I think that's a far fairer effort because there were more times this year where Jerome Hughes was eight out of ten, DC was either nine or a three, and you go with the those nines count more than those those sevens and eights all the way through. You know, I, again, I didn't mean to to get on a tangent here, but it's it's a pretty shitty system and. Ultimately, the team of the year. I think they got pretty much right outside of DCE and Kickout. You know, I, I can't really argue with either. But they've. I mean, the fact that Nathan Cleary hasn't won a Daly M despite being, you know, on the top. He was the best player last year. That that's undoubted. Like the fact that that Canberra for Jack White has a Daly M and Nathan Cleary doesn't. Uh, is 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 egregious. That is just it's fucked as can possibly be. You know, I think Clear a winner next year. I'm gonna put a put a sneaky bet on. Uh, just quietly, I did say Cody Walker in the preseason. Eh, pretty close, so I'm pretty happy with how that went. Um, also worth pointing out that both Terry and I tipped South to be premiers this year. Um, I think I said they beat the storm in the grand final. I think Terry might have even said they beat Penrith. So so far, so good. Um, Terry did say that Canberra would come third though, so you can't really take anything he says too seriously. Outside of that, uh, in other other big news, we'll get we we'll get on some sharks in a second. Uh, it's a bit of Junior has um, not been named for the grand final. It's come out this afternoon that he's he's made himself unavailable to ensure there's none of this will he won't he bullshit that dominates Origin and grand final weeks. Uh, it's good. There's no he knew he was no chance of playing. He's ruled himself out. Re- really good. Um. Panguai Jr. is a player that I was openly bagging when he was at Brisbane. I felt like he deserted the club when he did leave, and I thought he was trying to pinch hit a premiership before cashing in at the Bulldogs. Now, you know, I'm not backing down from those because it's, it's spot on the money is everything I says say, says whatever the fuck it is, that's ironic, is, but in terms of shifting his image, he couldn't really have done more. During his time, Penrith, um, you know, he, he suffered. He suffered a horrible. I, I won't go into it um, in his personal life, and I think it's really been the catalyst for. Hey, I'm gonna. You know, what's really important in life. And it's focused him. And I think being under a, a coach who knows what he's doing is very important and a club that has that inbuilt culture. For all the shit we give Penrith, there not many times their players are out being dickheads, you know. Happy Coruscant aside, I can't, I can't think of one offhand, you know. I mean, clearly, you know, he did a TikTok dance, but, I, you know, that's, again, right down there on the atrocity scale. Outside of that, you know, maybe a few bubble breaches, but their culture's pretty good. It's it's certainly in the top half of the competition, whereas I think Brisbane is second to last right now. It's right down there with the Tigers. uh, And unfortunately, the Bulldogs, where Pangai Jr., will be headed. But he'll be playing under Phil Gould, who is a very serious operator. So He cops a lot of flack in the media, and a lot of it is brought upon himself. But when it comes down to it, you know, he's not going to stand for the shit that... Pangai Jr. and others got away with in Brisbane. I think that Brisbane culture poisoned a very capable player and a potentially very good young man. So it's good to see. I'm very quick to bag players when they fuck up because it's really, really, really funny. But I do like, you know, the redemption's the wrong word because I hate that, I hate what it means. Like it just infers that it's redemption, you know. But, you know, it's it's good to see him on the light track. And thumbs up to him for what he's done. You know, I, I, I genuinely hope that – I mean, I hope Penrith lose. I'm very much on South City bandwagon because I'm bitter and I hate Penrith's success. But, you know, I, I, if they win and guy Junior does get a medal, I, I think – it's hard to say deserved it, but I, I wouldn't be as as angry about it as I would be this time six weeks ago. So that's good. That's good to see, and it also gives me a chance to sink the boot into the Broncos. So thank you so much for that, TPJ. All right. So not not too much sharks news this week, which is uh, which is good because they shouldn't be in the off season. You know we're a, we're a month and a bit away from getting Fitzgibbon and the three superstar recruits. Ah, uh, the boys should be out there. They should be partied out. They should Mad Monday should be in the rearview mirror thank you know heavens there wasn't any of this rubbish that came out uh you know toby's still up there having a party you know but he well deserved it's his first genuine off season so you know good on him just just stay out of trouble please Tobias please please I love you um there's one thing that I want to talk about though and it's difficult to bring up for me because um I don't like idiots now, that may be a bit hypocritical because I've said some dumb shit mainly to get a rise out of people, but I I have a real frustration for the the, the cocaine Dawsons of of the world. Um, those that don't know my my good my my stalker, my good friend, Cocaine Dawkins, um, he's obsessed with my genitalia for some reason. It's 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 okay, I guess. It's not that impressive, put it that way. Why just you know, weird dude. But whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, I'm not here to judge. Well, actually, I'm here to judge. The reason I bring this up is when Josh Dugan was released, old mate came out and said that the Sharks have made the biggest mistake in their history, which is hyperbole. I think of one hundred and five, legitimately worst things we've done, saying that Dugan's still the best centre in the game, uh, and all and doubled down and said that. Uh, We'd, we'd go down the gurgle without Dugan, um, which, you know, it's hard to justify when the guy played like five games this year. And we, we went okay. And we've got 15 better options next season. But anyways, the reason I bring this up is um, there's a, a pastime in the Facebook groups. Again, that word Facebook, I know better, Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. Where people post their teams, um, their predicted teams for round one next year or, or the next week or whatever, you know, the trial lineups, et etc. et cetera. Which is fun, you know. It's good to speculate, and nine times out of ten, the sides are plausible, and probably three to four times out of ten, even uh, possible. There've been some sides this week. Oh, I wish I wrote them down, but I just uh, my brain just can't handle the, the. Oh my god! Next season, there are suggested teams uh, that play Nico Hines at fullback, which you know, on the surface doesn't seem that ridiculous, but considering the season Will Kennedy had. Considering one every ward possible at the Sharks night of nights, uh, was undisputedly, you know, almost unanimously voted in as the best player by the fans. And you want to move him out of position? Uh, I've seen him put in the centres or the wing. Um, you know, despite being four foot six and you know, slight of build. The the guy's a superstar fullback in the making, he's our best player of twelve fucking months. Do you want to move him to the wing or the centres? I've seen Matt Moylan named at lock. Now, I'm okay with him being named on the bench, which is the way I would go, and playing him in the middle in a Benji Marshall role and moving McInnes a bit wider when needed or even defending wider for Moylan, but I've seen him named in the centers. The guy can't move. He's got the turning circle of a, an airplane, you know, and a big one at that, and one that's broken down and has bad hamstrings. I just... Please stop. Please stop. Oh, just just please stop. I, I honestly can't do it. Now, because I'm sick and tired of hearing things come out of idiots' mouths, and because I'm a man of the people and a man of solutions, I'm going to give you the 1 to 17 I would run out next year, and the 1 to 17 as it stands is my prediction for next year. I'll, t- I'll tell you why. Now, this isn't... Taking into account that we might sign Braden Burns, who wouldn't make my seventeen regardless, but we're being linked with three or four props who, if we do sign, would come in to the starting lineup, pushing Toby Rudolph back to the bench and taking the last player I name off the bench. Now, this isn't this is not based on on fitness levels or any preseason or anything like that. This is just if you said to me right now you have to pick a side of contracted players that are likely to be fit for round one, your life's on the line, you were playing the Tigers, you got to beat them, I'd run the under-7s out. But if it was a better team than the Tigers, this is a team I would run out. And anyone who disagrees is wrong. for Fullback, Will Kennedy, and only Will Kennedy. On the wings, Ronaldo and Sione Katoa. That won't change. Anyone who suggests otherwise, unless we sign... I dub- No, nope, it's not going to change. Fuck you, they're the wingers. In the centres, we have Jesse Ramian, who will play every game at centre this year and will star at centre and be the centre of the year. Partnering him will be Connor Tracy. Earlier this year, I wasn't completely sold on Connor, but his last five or six games make it impossible not to pick him. As mentioned, if Braden Burns is signed, he does not come in for Connor Tracy at this stage. In the six, for me, it's Nico Hines. Excuse us, I know... The word is he's been signed to play seven. I don't buy it. He's not that kind of player. He played second receive when he came on for the Storm and was by far their best half. He outplayed Ken Munster in the prelim. Ken Wendell. Number seven for me is Tricky Trindle. I picked him based on his potential. is ridiculously high, much higher than anyone else in the squad. His kicking game is also far superior to the other two options. And at the start, Tricky needs to take the kicking because Kennedy isn't a kicking fullback and Nico Hines doesn't have the kicking game yet, yet. Now, we saw Nico unleash some some massive kicks when he played in the halves, the storm in the later rounds when they rested players. He's got a boot. Doing that week in, week out and him being tasked with get us down that end and chase, uh, give it five to six weeks, it can become Nico, but Tricky starts there. That, that can become Luke Metcalf down the track. I was talking to my brother the other night before he filmed the Outlaws, which everyone needs to go on to and like and leave a comment. Say, so Dan sent you. Thank you very much. I said that young Metcalf had a much higher ceiling than, than Trindle. I don't know if I believe that after I've given it more thought, but right now his explosive speed makes him a more dangerous player. But for me, Tricky Trinnell's got the ball skills and we need a director while Nico learns the role. Um, you know, whether Tricky's our next premiership halfback, uh, it's undisputed. Of course he is. In front, uh, Up front, I have uh, the aforementioned Toby Rudolph, who uh, I still believe is a perfect bench player. But for now, I'm starting him. At, at 8 or 10, I'm not playing him at, Lock, I want him in the the middle, where the middle middle, where he's the best, best suited, uh, where he can just make meters and tackles for twenty to twenty five minutes. Come off, have a rest, get some oranges at half time, do a funny dance on TikTok, and get the fuck back out there in the second half and rip in. Joining him is our captain next year and fellow middle Nukin. Now it's probably hard to take the captaincy off Wade Graham, and I don't believe they they'll do that. They may name co-captains, which is definitely the way I would go. Uh, but Finucane for me will be the leader on and off the park next year. Uh, he's not going to play eighty minutes in the middle. He played, I think he played eighty or, or seventy-seven or something ridiculous this week due to injury. Uh, was Melbourne's best player by an absolute uh, best forward by an absolute mile, and I would say best player actually. So for me, he's he's a starting um, prop. Uh, he can play lock, of course, if required. They're they're very similar these days. But for me, he's he's a starting prop. Uh, in the back line, of course, you've got Wade Graham and Britt Nekora. I don't think there's too many arguments there. Uh, if Wade Graham's not fit, I'm picking Teague Walton uh, because I think Talakai has to play middle or not at all. Uh, and I'm a huge fan of Teague Walton. I think his uh, potential is limitless. And for me, he's the most exciting uh, prospect we have right now. I just I can't speak highly enough of him. Uh, in the middle, of course, you have Cam McKinnis at 13. Now, I w- if they want to add him to the co-captaincies... Two's where I draw the line because you don't want too many, you know, chefs and cooks, whatever that expression is. Um, or if they down, if they outright say, hey, um, you know, Wade, we're worried about, you know, too much on you, just play football, just be a superstar. You know, we need your kicking game, we need your ball playing, we need your tackling at 100%. Chad Townsend's there, not there anymore to fuck his defensive stats up. He's just got to worry about his own role. So perhaps that's the way forward. Uh, McInnes and Fanukin can share the captaincy or, or just give it to Cam. He's young, he's smart, he would never have gone to that disgusting barbecue those idiots and the Red Vs had. Uh, and I, I think the war of him, and I'm very happy to see him in the, in the side. Uh, and, of course, at number nine, you got, you got Braley. Uh, if Braley doesn't hit the ground running, you can always take him off, bring Moylan on, uh, spoiler, who I have in 14, Matt Moylan, uh, move Cam into the nine and play Moylan at lock. Uh, so Matt Moylan at 14, uh, if fit, he has to play. His last game this year was absolutely terrible and completely cost him a, a spot in the, the run on halves. Uh, depending on how Moylan goes, give him three to four weeks. Uh, say to him, you've got three to four weeks to prove yourself. Uh, if he doesn't play well, you remember about Carfin, nothing lost. Uh, if he does play well, well, we've got a potential Benji Marshall there and uh, his ball playing skills are better than both half options, but it's a fitness and a speed thing, and the other two players are obviously the better options right now. Uh, In 15, you have Jack Wombs, who was our best forward this season. Fantastic year. This time last year, I wouldn't have put him in the starting 21 if we had it, uh, but he's very much earned that, and I I don't think anyone can dispute that. In 16, I have Brayden hamlin Now... He is here with a question mark, and I would give him four weeks. Also, when he was at his best this year, he was untouchable. The way he sent Reese Walsh into orbit when he carried him over the try line, uh, and then did the the people's elbow, incredible. If we get that Hamlin Ueli, we've got a superstar. I still think he can be a mega star of the game. Can't seem to start, unfortunately. Seems to have more more impact off the bench, but that's absolutely fine. We can do that. Uh, and he for me is sixteen. Uh, 17, I have Sif Talakai. Now, he has to play as a middle and middle only. He was he regressed this year big time. I was expecting huge things. He's the biggest hitter in the game and the worst tackler. He, his first contact is great, but if he doesn't get you, they get around him. He needs a season under the great Fits, hail the great man, to get his defense right and put him in the middle to run for 25 minutes and give Toby or dale or even cam break however they want to work it out but 15 20 25 minutes max impact player now you could play royce hunt there if you need a little bit more size but talakai offers a lot more and he's a lot more versatile so ultimately if there is an injury you can put him in the centers or in the second row i would try and avoid that where possible but Ultimately, you know, he, he's the sort of player that can change a game in 15, 20-minute stint. And if he plays to his potential as he looked like he was at the end of his first season, he can play first grade every week very, very, very easily. You know, there's, there's a few other options. Aiden Tolman may or may not re-sign with the club. I, either way, he doesn't play in the 17 for me week to week um, with the recruits coming in. He did his job. Thank you, Aiden. Um, if you want to stick around and play for Newtown, be a fringe player, that's absolutely fine by me. I, I would prefer that than not, because ultimately he is a player you can bring in. Uh players were being linked to, you know, Marty Tapau. I think cracks seventeen, he goes in on the bench for Talakai. Uh the other players that were being linked to, Takaho, he starts, Toby to the bench, Talakai off. Uh and Josh, um the big angry Luke Thompson, not Josh Thompson, Luke Thompson from the Bulldogs. Again, he starts Toby off to the bench, to Talakai uh, to 18th man. Uh, and the 18th man I would name each week is uh, Teague Wilton. Uh, offers a little bit more than Royce Hunt in terms of versatility. In that he could play play multiple roles again. And if, if there is an injury, HIA, or someone's hurt, potentially Moylan, or most likely Moylan. In the warm-ups, we've got a player who you know, can come in and, you know, they, they can adjust, put it that way. Um you know, in terms of shark talk, that's about it for me. I just really want to sink the boot into the storm, to be totally honest, and I was pretty bored on a Tuesday night. Uh, Terry, I miss you. I love you, big fella. Happy birthday, Rich, and uh hey, Nico Hines?